Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And Rachel, I don't know if everyone that's with us today has heard this uh, verse from James chapter 5. But James was the kind of guy that just <laughs> said it like it is. You know, he was always just saying the, the hard truth of how we should live. And James five twelve says, But above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. And boy, that that saying right there is kind of like the foundation of what it means to live a life of integrity and authenticity. Yeah, you know, when you started talking about this verse in James, I thought, oh, no, I'm not going to know what this one is. <laughs> I don't feel like I have a lot of James memorized, but I absolutely do recognize the let your yes be yes and your no be no. You know, that phrase mm -hmm. I've definitely um, uh, heard and read and, and heard sermons on. And I think you're right. It is. Uh, it does speak to um, authenticity, because how many times do we say yes when we really mean no. Rachel, would mm. you like to donate? Or would you like to buy some Girl Scout cookies? Would you like to volunteer <laughs> to? And you smile and you say, sure. And inside you're thinking, no. <laughs> so true. So true. Well, that, you know, but also in the important things of life, you know, yes, you we shouldn't buy those Girl Scout cookies and add more weight. Uh, but in, in, the, in the important things of life, when we say yes, like I'm going to just give an example. How many times have we had people say, would you pray for me? Would you remember me in prayer? Or, wow, I'm really struggling. I could use some prayer. And we say, I'll pray for you. I will be praying for you. And then... We get busy, or something happens, and we we don't get it done. And, and for that reason, so many times, I, in my stage of life, forget what I had for breakfast. So I know I'm not going to remember. So I will just stop right there and pray, and either pray with them or pray immediately for them, because I don't want to say I'm going to do it. And then not. Yes. Well, and you know, and that's the tricky thing there when, when the Bible tells us, let your yes be yes and your no be no, because you certainly don't want to say, um, you know, hey, Luann, I've got this terrible cold. I feel awful and I, I have a lot of work to get done. Will you pray for me? You certainly don't want to say, I'd like to, Rachel, but I, uh, I can't remember to do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not willing to do that. I've got my own laundry list of things to pray for. 
So we so we say yes, and we it's not that we intend to not pray for our friends, but yeah, you know, smarter thing definitely to do there is let's pray right now, and that way, if I do forget later, at least I I have prayed and I have been um, honest and authentic with my answer. You know, um, do you? I don't know if you know our state motto. You, you and I live in North Carolina, and um, I, I've been here a long time. I didn't grow up here. I, I have all kinds of state mottos in my memory from like other states. I don't even know how I learned them. I don't know if I learned them as a child or on license plates or something. Like I know that um, there's the show me state, which I always thought was mm-hmm. an odd one. Um, That's Missouri. Yeah, yes, Missouri is show me state. Mm-hmm. There, Virginia is for lovers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all, all of these. And so I've lived in North Carolina a long time, and I never, you know, knew when I moved here what our state motto is. And maybe I that's, would guess. I would ahead. guess it would be first in flight. Right, that's on our license plates, right? Because we right, we right. we had the Wright brothers um, fly mm-hmm. on on the shores of the Outer Banks here in North Carolina, um, but it's actually uh, maybe we don't know it because it's in Latin. It's "esse quam verde," um, so that could be a big. That's a, that's kind of like. Um, that's a marketing fail there, right? To choose a, <laughs> a language no one speaks. But uh, North Carolina. <laughs> if I heard one of my grandkids say that, I would say, what did you just say to me? Sequam <laughs> Verde, <laughs> yes. Sounds like a, I don't know, a Harry Potter spell or something. Exactly. Um, so, uh, but it means, I love what it means. And it means to be rather than to seem. to be rather than to seem and so you know when i thought about that that's just very cool like that um you know the idea is that we're trying to be a community of people who are as we appear you know um what you see is what you get is what you can rely on that we are not um posers that we're not going to project one thing in public and do something else in private um or that we're we're authentic you know uh so i love that state motto that that we have and it's really quite the challenge in modern day times because we're living now in a um selfie culture right that no I mean, that words, the selfie culture, selfie was added to the dictionary, Oxford Dictionary in like 2013. It's like official. Mm. <laughs> and so we're all, um, we're all on Instagram. How unfortunate. I know. We're, we're all over social media and, you know, and we're, we're projecting this image. We have people whose full-time jobs are to be social media influencers, um, And so, you know, against the backdrop of how, you know, our society operates these days, we have this call to be rather than to seem. And that, to me, uh, sounds very in line with scripture. Absolutely. You know, it makes me flash back to a lesson that I taught my young girls in our Wednesday night study Years ago, they're in their 30s now, and they were teenagers, and we did um, a little lesson uh, kind of about that, and we and I said, if you had a choice between being like a kiwi or a carrot, which one would you choose? 
And they were like, oh, some of them were like, yeah, I would love to be the kiwi because, you know, you never know what you're going to get. You peel it and it's so juicy and it tastes like different things. And it, you know, it's so cool. And I said, well, I'd rather be the carrot because I'm this, when you cut into it, you're the same inside as you are outside. You know, what you see is what you get. So that kiwi and carrot, some of those girls have come back to me and said, I never forgot that. I want to be a carrot. I want to be the same day in and day out, whether you see the inside of my crazy, messy life or you see the outside. I am who I am. <laughs> Says Popeye the Sailor Man. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but you know, it's so that's, to me, that's a challenge. Um, when you have people around you uh, projecting an image and, and, you know, maybe it sounds like I am um, saying that's all negative, you know, that we're just Instagramming photos, the, the one corner of our house that's actually clean at the moment and never showing the side with the, you know, the mail piled up in the laundry baskets. But, um, but I'm also thinking in terms of um, our, our lives as Christians, right? Because we're all called to this very high standard of conduct and um, both thought and action, right? We're called to be Christ-like. And so there's this tension between um, striving for that ideal and, uh, and still falling short, still being in process. And I wonder if sometimes we don't, um, if we, we seem more godly than we are actually becoming. I wonder if maybe we stop short of actually trying to become like Christ and we settle for appearing to everyone else that we are Christ-like. Oh, I think that that, if we're honest, I think that that happens to everyone because let's face it, we're not there yet. None of us are there. But it is a process, just like grandma's spaghetti sauce, you know? It is something that has to uh, be added to to make sure that we're constantly aware of how we are living our life. And what did that... You know, to me, a lot of times, you hear that saying, perception is somebody else's reality. So sometimes how we're perceived is their reality. They may look at you and go, wait a minute, I thought you said you were a Christian, but I just saw you behave in a way or act in a way that doesn't line up with what I always pictured. So, yeah, we are always in the mode of, I've got to, you know, ask forgiveness when I know I have not done or behaved in the way that's drawing me closer to being Christ-like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, God understands that we're all in process. So it's like the, the sweet spot is somewhere between striving to appear as you actually are, which is, you know, true, truth, authentic, and um, trying to become as you intend to be or strive to be, um, which is growth. Mm -hmm. So 
But what's not in there is just projecting that you've already reached that stage and not mm-hmm. being honest with where you are and not actually going through the, the effort to to grow and become. So mm. um, I think it's fine to be in process. I think it's fine to be, you know, still flawed, still learning. Um, I think it's fine to show um, that you're still in process. Um, but to be and not just to seem means that you're also striving. You know, I think about a lot of um, sermons that I've heard where I feel like maybe the speaker is not really um, showing us how they are now. They might tell a story from years and years and years ago when they used to struggle (laughs) with something, you know, or a sin or a temptation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or made a bad decision, you know, but they never really tell you what's happening this week or this month or, mm-hmm. or this year with them. And so for me, I mean, as someone who does, um, you know, sometimes speak at conferences or churches or things, I want to, um, I want to be and not just to seem, and I want to be honest with where I am now today. Well, don't you think that makes you more relatable? Because for me, if I'm in, uh, I've heard many speakers, because you and I have both traveled that speaker circuit where we're we're around other speakers too, and I've heard some, some that when they're all done, I feel like, wow, I'm either really falling short (laughs) or something didn't ring quite true there, because how can you, how can you be so together and so perfect because I, I just don't ever see that in everyday life, certainly not in mine. Yeah, I do remember a, a speaker who talked about that uh, she had been married a number of years, uh, if I recall, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 or so. And anyway, she was saying that they, she and her husband had never, ever, ever, ever had a fight. Um, and that they don't Whoa. fight and they had never had a fight. And I was just sitting there listening to that going, hmm, I think we should define fight. I, I don't know if we have the same <laughs> definitions. <laughs> like, I've never put on boxing gloves and punched my husband in the head. So technically, we've never had a fight either. Like, I'm not sure what your definition is. But, um, but anyway, I think that's a strong, uh, you know, I think there is some... Uh, felt pressure as a Christian, though, to never have a fight with your husband, you know, or to Mm -hmm. never struggle with, you know, sin or temptation or to never, you know, uh, lose your cool and fly off the handle and say something unkind or or whatnot. But yeah, you know, so, so what if we, uh, you know, and then of course, though, when we go out in public, we often put on the extra filter, the extra Christian mm-hmm. filter, right? Where we definitely make sure we don't fly off the handle and yell at our kids when we're in the, the sanctuary of the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we don't mm-hmm. have that same filter, you know, when we're maybe at the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's critical. It's critical because you have to be real. You just, you're going to get found out one way or the other if you ever try to be anything except real it's going to show up sooner or later and and so I think it is a constant tension in a Christian's life where you have to say 
okay, I'm not perfect. I'm not going to pretend to be perfect, but I serve a perfect Savior who is telling me that come as you are, and I am going to make you become more like me. Like it's not all up to us, but it's all up to us to follow his lead. And that's where that's where I think the tension comes in sometimes between that. I want to be truthful and I want to follow and I want to grow. But boy, oh boy, do I need help. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> you said something really um key in there, I think, which is that it's Jesus who makes us become like him. It's not all up to us. And I think we forget that. And we do think it's all up to us. And sometimes, you know, I just want to say, you know, um, pardon my mistakes, but the Holy Spirit's not done with me yet. You know, <laughs> like it's a sanctification, you know, spiritual growth is a, a work of the Holy Spirit that we yield to and submit to, but it's not entirely up to us. And sometimes I think when we feel like it is all up to us, we're more likely to just project the, the image that we've got it all, all under control. Um, but yeah, you know, sometimes when I annoy people, I just want to say, sorry about that. Jesus hasn't fixed that part yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're honest, we all have that. We all feel that from time to time where, wow, I have really messed up and now I've done it in front of people. So what are they thinking? And, and does, this, does this make my walk with God look like it's phony? And I remember one time uh, I was at work and I said something, did something. I don't even remember what it was, but... A fellow friend of mine who's a Christian, she said, you want to be careful that you don't hurt your witness. And I was like, oh, man, I just, I never even, I mean, it wasn't anything horrible, but evidently it was enough that it made her stop and say something to me. Because then I was like, oh, okay, I didn't even think about that. So, yeah, there is this... Um, Oh, good. More pressure. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> but, oh, no. but at that point, what I want to do is, is say exactly what you just said. Hey, God is not finished with me. I mess up and I am so sorry if I gave you any impression of being anything other than, you know, God's God's girl, because that's exactly who I am. But I am still learning. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I don't see, you know, when I read the Gospels, I don't see um, Jesus ever really taking issue with someone who was uh, a sinner, someone who was flawed, someone who had messed up. He usually responded to them with love and grace. Um, but the, you know, the harsher treatment, I guess you would say, came from Jesus when interacting with um, a, a group of the uh, teachers and the Pharisees. And um, in um, Matthew 23, he says to them, woe to you, you teachers of the law and you Pharisees, you hypocrites. You know, what he points out is the hypocrisy. And he says, you're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you know, are full of of um, you know dead things and unclean things, and so it, it's never that we fall short that 
um, <laughs> that brings any kind of um, uh, woe from Jesus or condemnation from Jesus. It is when we are hypocritical, when we are not in, pro we are not perfect, but we project an image as if we are, which makes it very hard for anyone else to to live up to. Um, and that's the person to which he said, you know, woe to you, you're like a whitewashed tomb. You, you seem more than you are actually, mm, you know, mm. and that's, so it's the opposite. That's why I say, I think our, you know, our state motto of to be rather than to seem lines up with scripture. Well, it does. And it's so interesting, isn't it? How in the new world of, um, social media how everybody's highlight reel is always shown and therefore we have that same tendency to live as if we're in the highlight reel when we're around other people and and i think that it's really refreshing and rachel you and i had a chance to really be together for three weeks after you, your family was devastated by the hurricane, we had a chance to be together. And there, there's nothing more um, revealing than when you're with somebody day in and day out for weeks at a time when you, you just you, you feel comfortable because you know I'm not perfect and you're not perfect, but we are totally walking side by side trying to follow the perfect Savior. And so I think a lot of times when you really stop striving to be what you're not yet, you know, stop stop feeling like you haven't made it and and stop projecting that you really have made it and you just be yourself with those that are around you and say, hey, let's walk this road together. Let's try to encourage one another and say, you can do it. And let me pray with you and pray for you as we walk along side by side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. I, you know, we thought I was coming to stay for maybe three days. <laughs> three three weeks later, we, we finally were able to leave and go home and yeah, you know, you might compose for three hours if you're really well practiced, maybe for three days, but not for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it a beautiful thing? It's a beautiful mm -hmm. thing when you realize that you're not alone. And if you're with us today around the table, I want you to hear that loud and clear that God says there's no condemnation. For those who are in Christ, no, we're all on this journey together. So you don't have to try to put on a front to be something that you're not. Be who you are and let God change you moment by moment. Mm, yes. And, you know, I think that's, um, you, you know, the letting God change you part is is the, the key. That That's the yield. That's the humble submission rather than just, I got this, I know how to appear kind, I know how to be polite, you know, versus letting God really create in you a kind heart. Um, it's a difference between being a polite, nice person um, and having a heart of kindness. And I think it's, it's God that does that deeper work in the heart. Uh, absolutely. There's no way we can dig that 
<laughs> that stuff out that's in there that kind of causes that crustiness that shows up from time to time. But God says, hey, let's let's clean out this corner of your heart today. Let's work on that. And so therefore, he puts us in situations where he has an opportunity to grow us. And, and it, sometimes it's painful, the growing. But God is doing it so that we will become more like Him. Hey, look, our mission is to walk this road together with you. And Rachel and I are never perfect, but we're always following a perfect Savior. So if you'll bear with us, we'll bear with you, and we will grow together. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online, when you get a chance to sit down and breathe, at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week, where we fill you up one cup at a time.